doctors don't have a clear understanding of it. It started opening up my mind to like, how does the human body work? This is a real thing that really affects people. This is a major pain. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and today we'll be talking with Yael Ross about her general anxiety disorder. As you'll hear in this episode, Yael is an old friend from college, and I remember vividly a conversation we had on the phone several years ago. We were just catching up. We hadn't talked in a while, and she was telling me about how she had finally found a medication to help her with her anxiety, and I was so excited to hear that because I feel like for a lot of us, you know, me included, we haven't been able to find answers or help from Western medicine, tried different medications, nothing seems to work, and, you know, this is proof that sometimes medication does work. So I'm always excited to share with you an individual's story when they have found something that works for them. And I know anxiety disorder is very common. A lot of people are stressed. And whether or not you've been diagnosed with a general anxiety disorder like Yael has, you might still be dealing with stress in your life and looking for ways to manage it. So we don't just talk about medication in this episode. We talk about, you know, mental reframing and, you know, working on ways of finding peace in your life and joy in your life to deal with anxiety. And I hope this will be helpful to you. I want to give you a quick content warning. So Yael will mention as part of her story that she experienced sexual abuse as a child. So if, if that will be triggering for you in any way, I just wanted to provide the National Sexual Assault Hotline, 1-800-656-4673. We only touch on it briefly in the episode, but I just want to, out of an abundance of caution, just bring you that phone number. Um, at the front of the show, 1-800-656-4673. And I also want to let you know, as always, we are not healthcare professionals. This podcast is not intended as uh, professional med- medical advice at all. This is just individuals like Yael sharing their story, their experience, what worked and didn't work for them, and just to put some ideas out there in case you are struggling and needing some help on your journey. So last week, I told you how I'd created an Instagram account for this podcast. And this week, I actually created a TikTok account. So I'm, you know, stretching out into different forms of social media, trying to find the best way or ways to promote this podcast and get as many ears on it as possible. So I've been posting a little bit about the episodes as I release them on TikTok and also just talking about my you know, chronic mystery health condition in my search for diagnosis. So if you're interested, we are now on TikTok at Major Pain Podcast and also on Instagram, same handle at Major Pain Podcast. All right, let's get into our discussion with Yael Ross about general anxiety disorder. Yael Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jesse. It's good to be here. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm so honored to be here. Honestly, I uh, I always love talking to you. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, it's been it's been too long since we chatted. Um, <laughs> I know, <laughs> and we've it's never done anything like this before. No, no. But I always I always find you to be one of those people that I could go a few years without talking to them, and it's all the same. Just yeah, it's always you're, you're just one of those people for sure. Yeah, we met in college. We yeah. sat next to each other in uh, what communications? It class? was, I don't remember the class. All I remember was, I think it was really the first day of, of yeah. class yeah. At, at freshman year. And I was like, I'm going to be that guy's friend, like that guy. <laughs> and I, I don't remember, I think, um, I think you, you, you became like a study buddy or something. And yeah. like, you used to make fun of me for making flashcards. <laughs> I called you flashcards. You called me so flashcards. For- I would have never was- done that now. <laughs> How rude. Yeah. No, I loved it. And I know. And uh, 
there are so many good college memories that have yeah. you in them. Yeah, yeah for no. sure. You were definitely you were, one you of were my, my first friend, one of my closest friends in college. Yeah, and I'm so 100%. glad we're still in touch years later. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super grateful. You yeah. are an amazing person. So you thank you too, for absolutely. having me on. We always yeah. felt like we knew each other in like a previous life or something. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I always a hundred percent. That's why I said, like, when I met you, I was like, that person is my person. He's yeah. like, you know, there's, there's that soul connection. And I never, I, yeah, you just Absolutely. can't explain certain things like that. And we don't have to. <laughs> and we don't have to. It's just so shishi foo-foo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. Why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are? So, oh, wow. Um, little history. I, um, I was born in Israel and I grew up in LA. Um, so I'm an Angelino. I um, have two sisters. Um, I went to San Diego State with you. <laughs> I play some guitar a little. I love art and music. Um, I'm a teacher. Uh, what else? I'm a new mom. Well, new ish. My daughter is almost 14 months old. Yeah. Uh, Married to my husband, Justin, of, I think we met back in 2013, so it's been a while. Um, yeah, we love hiking and nature and all kinds of stuff like that. I don't know what else to say. Things will come up, I'm sure. What do you yeah. teach? So I, for the last few years, I taught first grade um, before that kindergarten. And then when, because we're moving soon to Flagstaff, Arizona, and I will be a pre-K teacher there. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's a new grade for me, but I'm excited. Yeah, I'm just imagining you with a class full of little kids. You must be awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> I love kids so much and I vibe with them. I, I feel like little kids and much older people I vibe with the most. Cause there's this, like, <laughs> I don't know why, and not, nothing against people our age, but like yeah. there's this sense of like honesty and, and rawness that they have that hmm. they just tell it like it is. They ask, they ask what's on their hearts. They say what's on their hearts and you know, that's it. And I appreciate that. And they're funny yeah. as hell. Like, I just, I love kids. Yeah, it's in, that's really interesting. Because, you know, developing a personality is a lifelong endeavor. Like, yeah. you're, you're born with some elements, and then you choose who you want to yeah. be. And yeah. as a child, it's before you've made any of those choices. So you're just this, like, pure, raw yeah. bundle of life. And then, I think in yeah, and I and I feel like and that's and it's an honor to teach that age mm. because of that because you it's a fragile age like you I'm sure every single person in their lives had a teacher that said something and hit them you know in in the wrong way or in the right yeah. way and and sat with them forever and like yeah. made them believe in themselves or made them doubt themselves and and like so yeah it's a fragile thing to be you know a kid and I yeah. think that being a teacher is you have to take that with a lot of weight for sure for sure yeah, yeah. so what you what you said about like older and younger got me thinking like when you're older you've got your personality all set you've like yeah, decided yeah. who you're going to be and you just kind of don't care anymore about being anything totally. other than yourself totally. but the middle part is where it's like who am i who am i what yeah. am I? exactly but then you get to a certain age you're like i don't care i'm just gonna you know tell it like it is and i kind yeah. of feel like that's how kids are Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 In the just, beginning and the end, it's similar in that yeah, way. Yeah. So that's why I love, I love that. I love that age. So. So you just don't yeah. like, you don't like pretense. <laughs> I don't like what? Pretense. Oh, pretense. Sorry. I thought you said preteens. Cause I was like, I do not, <laughs> I actually hate preteens. <laughs> um, I was like, I don't want to teach middle school. That's, uh, that's the worst. <laughs> I don't like pretense or preteens. Yes. Yeah. Anything that so. starts with pre. 
Exactly. Yeah. No prepubescent, nothing. Nothing. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's well, kind of what I do. That's awesome. Well, let's get into this. Yeah. What is sure. your major pain? So my major pain is um, anxiety disorder. I was, um, I was diagnosed with it officially in my late 20s, but it's something that I've had my entire life mm-hmm. um, since I could remember, honestly, since I was like, you know, my first major memories of like four or five years old. Um, and I just didn't understand it really until I started doing a lot of digging in my late teens, early 20s. Um, I, uh, I hit kind of a, a major depression in college kind of around the time that we met. Um, unrelated. Unrelated. You did not trigger my depression. Good. No, I Just think, checking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that, um, you know, the depression was triggered by my anxiety disorder and mm-hmm. how much I didn't really know how to control my, my, my body, my fears. And um, it, I kind of just hit this place where I spun out of control and I, I did a lot, a lot of digging and a lot of searching in my 20s for what I feel and why I feel until I, you know, really came to realize that, that I did have an issue and that it wasn't just a temporary thing. Mm. Um, but that it was something that I'd been suffering with my entire life. And, and I, and I was really white knuckling it my entire life. Um, I just, yeah, I have, I have so many memories of like shaking myself to sleep as a kid, um, over, over fears, over things that I couldn't control, over obsessions that I would cycle through. Um, it was bad. And it's, it's like, you don't know. I, I always equate it to this um, video of this guy that I saw that was colorblind and he got these glasses where he could see color for the first time. Yeah. Have you seen, did you see that video? Um, I haven't, it's, but I, I can yeah. imagine. I mean, it was so moving and powerful. And I feel like he just had this, he didn't know what he was missing. Yeah. And I feel like it wasn't until I went through that realization and treatment and all the things that, you know, I can, I can obviously elaborate on what I had to go through, but um, it wasn't until I realized that, that I was like, Oh my God, I have been really in this, in this gray zone my entire life. And I'm only now starting to see colors. And so mm. I, I almost feel like in many ways, my late twenties, when I, was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And when I really started getting treatment for it is when I started seeing the world in a different way. Wow. I, Cause I, I, I was not able to see colors in that way. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like emotional colors. Emotional. Yeah. It was, yeah. I couldn't, um, I wasn't present. I was, my brain was just always mm. on fear, alert, um, panic, you know, um, dread. Yeah. I couldn't, you know, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Um, and I, and I thought it, it was normal. It was what I knew. Yeah. How, so. so, so it's been around your whole life. Do you remember, um, do you remember it starting or has it just been a part of you since your earliest memories? I feel like it's, I feel like it was always there. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know if it was, if it's chemical, you know, like it, you, you could say some people just have like, you know, lower serotonin levels and, and and it's part of your nature and whatever and then sometimes it's it's something that triggers you it's something that impacts you in a bad way um i've been pretty open with the fact that i was um actually molested when i was a pretty little girl oh, wow. um around five and um 
And I, I say that because like, that is a that's a loss of control, you know? And so I wonder sometimes, was that something that triggered my anxiety, that sense of loss of control? But to be honest, I don't know if it matters. Right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that like getting molested doesn't matter, but I don't know if the going backwards and trying to figure out why, why, why Hmm. matters. I think it's more about facing the, okay, what now? How how can sure. I make my life the best it can be now? Yeah, take what you have and make the best exactly. that you can with it. That that's my yeah. motto. <laughs> right. Because yeah. you're like, I know so many people were well, if my dad hadn't been like this, and if you know, if if I wasn't bullied and and sure, and all those things are awful and everybody has a battle. Everybody has a battle. Yeah. But it's like at some point you just kind of gotta go, okay, well, that yeah, that is shitty. And and now what? Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's yeah. important to acknowledge your own trauma and your own pain yeah. and to process through it. But the point of that is to move forward, you know? Exactly. I mean, I don't know what I'm exactly. talking about. I'm not I'm not a medical professional. No, no. I just it's really, like, I'm just vibing with what you're saying. Right. Like you can't live in this sort of, I don't know, you can't occupy that space in your brain constantly of like living, you're living in the past at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. Like you, it's like you said, you acknowledge it. You say, this is, this happened to me. It was shitty. It was whatever traumatizing or scary or whatever. And like I said, everybody has a battle that they, you know, physically or emotionally, but at some point you just kind of like, all right, well, let's, let's work on this. Let's try to, you know, whether it's fix it or, or accept it or whatever, you know? Yeah. So it sounds like you've bounced around a lot between living in the past, living in the future, and then learning to live in the present. Yep. 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 It's a, I forgot. It's like, there's this quote, um, I I hope I don't butcher it, but those that live in the past are depressed. Those that live Mm -hmm. in the future are Are anxious. anxious. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, and I feel like I've been, I've gone teeter-totter, I teeter-tottered through both of those very much so until you know, finally I I came to that point where I was like, you know what, I really, really want to enjoy today mm-hmm. and not always obsess over what might happen and over what I can't control or what I would have, should have, could have done. Mm-hmm. And um and that's kind of when I started trying to get treatment and and yeah. Yeah. Before you started to get treatment, how can you give me some specific examples of how this would manifest for you, like specific types of fears or anxieties or depressive states that you would get stuck in? So when I was a kid, it was always centered around control issues. Um, I would, I would literally have anxiety attacks over, you know, if my mom said something like, Hey, you know, you're not, you're not feeling so well, maybe you should take a Tylenol or a vitamin C. And I would just start ruminating, well, what's that going to do to my body? Or how am I going to feel? And what if it makes me sick? Or getting on an airplane, um, well, what does this turbulence mean? Am I going to crash? And, uh, you know, what anything, anything that had to do with control, anything that had to do with me not being at the steering wheel as a child, looking back, I, I just was, I was not able to physically um, hang, you know, and it would manifest in sickness. I would, I would, I was literally always ill, Mm. um, palpitating heart, tremoring, um, hot sweats, stomach aches, horrible, horrible upset stomach, like to the point where I thought that, 
you know, I mean, at some point, like I wasn't gaining weight. I wasn't able to keep food down. Um, like you're always sick. Yeah. Your, your brain has such an incredible power over your body that that is, I mean, it, it was chronic. Yeah. I was always feeling like just crap. Anxiety is poison. A hundred percent. It's so awful for your body. And it's so, and it's so tough because it's like your brain, you do have a lot of control over your brain, but there's parts of your body and brain that you don't have choice or control over. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, you know now that you have general anxiety disorder. Yeah. yeah. Which means that you have, like, whether it's chemical or whatever it is, there is something about your brain that, that goes to this anxious state, mm-hmm. um, whether or not you want it to. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like living inside of this, you know, <laughs> green this monster. Body. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that is yeah. triggering something that's making you sick. And the, and it's just like this perpetuating cycle that's so mm-hmm. hard to get out of. Yep. Yep. And it's, um, yeah. And, and it's, it's hard to kind of separate the, um, whether or not you are an anxious person or whether or not you are a person with anxiety. Yeah. Like, how would you qualify and, the difference there? I think that that label of putting, putting that label on yourself um, of saying that you are a sick person or you are an anxious person is only going to make it worse for you mm. in your experience. But saying something like, for me, putting that label, I, I mean, removing that label and just saying, hey, I have anxiety sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes live with anxiety. I sometimes mm. live with these fears. I go through these fears. I see it as a now at least, right? Before I didn't, but now I see it as a river, as a I'm going through these experiences and and they will come and go. Yeah. And I'm okay with that now. Yeah. I love that. Rather, rather than obsessing over like, here's where I am, here's what I am. This is where this box is where I'm stuck. Seeing it as a yeah, I feel like shit right now and I'm going to be, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. Yeah. Um, it's it's going to flow in and out. Right. Like, and I'm sure you've, you've, you've talked about your sickness as well. Like there's good days and bad days Yeah. and there's good moments and bad moments. And, and like accepting that makes the suffering less bad. Absolutely. And right? then, then you can get to work on making the bad days as good as possible. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm super anxious today. What are the things that make me feel better? You know? Right. And right. then focus on those things, pull yourself back into the moment, yeah. make the moment as pleasurable as possible. Yeah, yeah. I, the, the more people I talk to and the more I experience, the more convinced I am that living in the moment is, is medicine. Totally, totally. And like we're human, of course, we're going to think about the future and the past and the what and the sure. why. And, but yeah, yeah, living in the moment is medicine. And, and I think that, you know, nature has been great for me, going mm-hmm. on walks, going outside, meditating, music singing art baking you know there's certain things that for me personally are good yeah and and yeah and I, i've talked to other people where it's uh you know it's, it's something else it could be sure. just taking a hot shower and like or you know talking to a friend whatever that may be but also just i i feel like just that simple acceptance of saying like yeah i don't feel good right now uh-huh okay i'm gonna be okay I'm going to get through this. This is temporary. This is a phase. This is just a phase. And like something about that gives me a sense of control, which is again, that, that thing that I've, I've always sort of been feeling like I'm out of, out of control. (laughs) 
Yeah, um, because you're in, you, you have the power to wait until it's yeah. better, you know? Just yeah. knowing that it's going to be better because you've been in and out of it enough times to know in, that exactly. you're always going to come out of it. Right, and, right. And you can so, set yourself up to come out of it sooner rather than later. Exactly. And I think that like when I go back to when I hit that major depression in my late teens and early 20s, um, I had no tools or knowledge mm. of why why I was the way I was or, or what was going on with me. I had no language for it. I had no words for it. I had no tools to help myself. And so you're, it's almost like swimming in a deep, dark ocean with no, no knowledge of like how to swim at all. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Nothing, no knowledge of like, yeah. And so when you, when you, as you get older, you start to go, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I know this. I know this feeling. I, I get this. I know what this trigger is, or I know what that little, you know, tickle is in my gut, in my, and what that little palpitation is in my heart. I know what that is. And so I'm going to talk to it. I'm going to look at it in the face and not be afraid because I know yeah. what it is now and I know how to treat it. Right. Like, yeah. and if I don't treat it, I know that I'll be okay too and that I'll find the tools or the person to help me. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's so important because I, you know, using this swimming analogy, some people drown. Yeah. And I feel like sharing information about how to swim is so important, but it's right. so hard to find. It's like so hard mm -hmm. to get there because not even knowing that you need it. Like, for, totally. you're like, I don't even know what swimming is. You I just even, thought that, that the world exactly, was water, you know? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. There's, that, there's that fish, you know, that fish bowl that you just reminded me. There's like two fish. Um, swimming and then one of them goes like hey man did you how's uh did you get any air today or like how's how's the air outside or whatever and he's like what's air <laughs> yeah right like it's like I, or something like that i yeah. don't know but it's like yeah you've been living in water your whole life and so you know nothing better and so you there's a lot of shame and fear and no language to to even like describe what you're going through and so i mean i've for years kept everything in the dark about mm. whether it was like, like I was saying about the molestation, about, you know, my anxieties, my fears, anything. I kept my mouth closed and I suffered quietly. And, um, you know, because I didn't have, I was ashamed. I was scared. I was embarrassed. I wasn't sure anybody would understand me. And, and that's silly when you look back on it as an, as an older adult, um, cause you realize Every, like I said, everybody is going through something. And the more I shared, the more I realized like, yeah, oh, like I'm not alone. This yeah. person went through that too. Or this person's, you know, um, like I, I'll give you an example. I was going through infertility when I, um, before I had my daughter and we, we went through IVF and I, there was a lot of shame around that in the beginning, like about not being able to have a baby naturally. And Oh my God, the moment I opened my mouth and shared that I went through IVF, everybody started coming out of the woodwork. Oh, I did IVF too. Or, oh, I'm, I've been going through infertility for years. And what did you do? Or, you know, what kind of support group did you go through? I went through this. And it's like, why can't we just be there for one another and, and give each other those tools and support rather than thinking that we're so different when really we're yeah. just human. We're just all going through something, you know? Yeah. And we really are all going through something. I mean, this is yeah. the first podcast I've recorded since releasing the first three episodes. And I was astonished by how many people shared with me what they're going through 
after sharing what I was going through. Yeah. You know, I posted up on Facebook and I heard from yeah. so many people. Everyone really is going through something, you know. It's different for every person, but I've learned so quickly from starting this show, hearing from so many people that everyone really is going through something. Yeah. And in some ways that's like horrifying. It's like, wow, why is no one healthy? <laughs> 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 like what's yeah, happening actually, with our healthcare system, you know? Totally. I mean, you could think of it as that way. I mean, in that way, I, on the other hand, I would just say we're human and mm -hmm. we're all going through a human experience and, and some of us, um, you know, handle it in different ways. I think that our mind, our minds have a lot more power than, than we give it credit for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and so, yeah. And on, on one hand, you're like, oh my gosh, this is really sad. And, on the other hand, maybe just accepting it could be, hmm. I don't know, like a narrative change, right? Like I, sure. I think about that a lot where I'm like, you know, people, people tell, people tell themselves stories their whole lives, like a story that they just keep repeating to themselves of, I am a whatever sick person, or hmm. I was abused or I, you know, and all of those things are valid, but what if we change our narrative a little bit? And, and like I said earlier, you know, kind of think about it as a perspective change of like, these things did happen to me. I was, you know, there, there was this trauma and, and how, how do I move forward from it? How do I change the narrative for, for, to better myself? Yeah. Um, because everybody, yeah, like it's, but yeah, I mean, everybody's going through something. Yeah. And I think there's, you know, like I have some amazing doctors who are doing amazing things for me that I'm so appreciative of. Yeah. But the vast majority of doctors that I have seen, I have told them I need help. And they have tried one thing and then given up because it didn't yeah. work. Yeah. And I think that Absolutely. a lot of people experience this where, you know, they go in for for one thing and say, hey, I need help with this. And yeah. the doctors try one thing, it doesn't work. And they say, well, it's your fault that it didn't work. Totally. There's like this like you didn't implication that it is like, like victim shaming in a yeah. way. It's like, you're sick. I tried to help you. You you didn't receive it correctly, and now I you can't help you. You didn't fit that mold that I'm used yeah. to, right? Like yeah. it's a it's a sign. I mean, everybody says like it's a you know the medical field they practice this. It's science, but really mm. it's art in many mm. ways. And yeah. and I think that the best doctors are those holistic doctors that really see you as you know an individual person with these individual needs and try different things to right. help you out that don't always fit the mold. Um, I always say that even with like anxiety disorder where somebody's like, well, what did you do? How did you finally get help? And I'm like, well, here's what I did, but there's no one size fits all. And doctors right. need to know that too, right? Like there's, there's people that go through something and, you know, whatever medication might work for them. And other people go through this like meditation path or, or nutrition path, or there's so many things that like right. doctors, like you were saying, it's not, you can't put that. You, you can't always fit everybody into this, right. you know, box. Yeah. And, you know, my my current primary care provider is possibly the best I've ever had That's because awesome. he keeps telling me, it's like, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know how to help, but I'm going to keep opening doors for you and sending you to people until we figure it out. I no one has that. ever done that for me. And it's <sighs> it feels so good. I feel so cared for. And, you know, yeah. we're still searching for a diagnosis, but we're making yeah. progress finally. Like, yeah. I'm being tested for new things finally. Yeah. Instead of just being tested for the same things over and over again and not making progress. And it, it's, yeah, it's really wonderful. And I just wish that more doctors had that mindset. Yes. Yes. And I, I, 
you know, I think that going back to um, what we were saying about like the, the, the power of belief and the power that somebody has um, that can affect you with their words and with their, their own belief in your recovery um, is so, so big and so powerful. Like it's, Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, like what I was saying before about being a teacher, right? Like if you, you can make or break a student and, and the same thing goes with doctors. They have so much power to say, Hey, I believe that you could be healed. And I believe that yeah. we can get to a place where we can find, you know, find, find help for you or find a cure for you or whatever. And I think that that just having somebody to believe in you and to believe in your healing and your recovery gives you that much more I mean, hope. And, and that's, that, that's half of the, I really do believe that that's half of the picture right there. Absolutely. It's just the hope that somebody is like, oh my God, there's a person fighting for me that really thinks I'm going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I touched on this briefly when I talked to Lauren in episode two, but I had testicular cancer when I, right before my 30th birthday. Yeah. I remember. And, uh, the, the urologist that I had was fantastic. And it was this was the first time I'd really experienced this. What exactly what you're saying? Where he he kind of set up how to believe what was going to happen next would go. Where he basically yeah. said like, "Look, this is scary, but you know this is the easiest cancer to treat. We're going to do surgery, and you're going to be great. Like this is going to be no big deal in your life moving forward. Yeah. And I know that it feels like it's going to be a big deal, but it, it won't be a big deal. We're going to yeah. fix this. Yeah. And then he just fixed it, and it wasn't a big deal in my life. And that it was really kind of mind blowing because all of my, you know, my, my health right. issues go back years and years before that, where I'd had so many doctors tell me when I walked in the room, it's like, oh, well, I'm not exactly sure what this is, but I'm pretty sure I can help you and we're going to get you feeling better. And then it just doesn't happen. And then right. they just give up. Right. Um, right. And it's like, well, I can't give up. I still live in this body. Exactly. Like, I can't like, get I'm out of this still... body. You know, exactly. I'd try another body if I could. And, and, but even I can't. If, and even if they say something like, you know, I'm not sure, right? I don't right. know, but I have another person that we're going to work with. And right. I have another, another approach Anything. that I'm going to take. Just Any even path. that honesty, because they're yeah. human too, right? Like, you sure. can't, you can't expect them to know everything. Doctors are not God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it really like there's that power that you know your brain has you know when i Mm -hmm. I always think about it where like you know uh if a child falls down and a parent runs to them immediately and they have this like you know grave look on their face oh my god (laughs) my baby are you okay are you okay you know you got hurt blah 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 rather than like picking them up and being like you know you're gonna be okay you fell and i can see that you're hurt and you're gonna be fine and let's you know let's go get some water and just that like little twist of mm. of that that approach that somebody can take to help you just with that positive mindset of yeah. of Narrative. believing that yeah. you're going to be okay completely changes your whole demeanor yeah Absolutely. like your whole outlook so i'm so glad you feel that way about your doctor right now that's such yeah. a good thing. well i want to hear about i mean speaking of narrative you know you yeah. you lived your early life constantly anxious yeah. You didn't know that you had a problem because you're swimming in an ocean and you don't know that there's air above the ocean. <laughs> and then in your late 20s, you finally sought help. So how did that happen? How did you get to that point and make that decision? Such a good question. I So I realized that anxiety was really taking over my life day to day. It got to a point where I was you know, shopping or riding my bike and I would get a panic attack out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. there was no explanation for it anymore. It was, it was like a, 
it, it was taking over me. It wasn't like, I was like, oh, you know, sometimes I get anxious when I get on an airplane and that's, that's in that little, you know, bubble. It was, yeah. I was always anxious wow, and yeah. I was always going through these waves of, for no good reason of, of, you know, spikes of fear and dread and, and heart palpitations and stomach aches. And I felt like it was completely taking over my life. And in many ways, um, you know, I mentioned this to you offline, but I was, I was realizing that I had a bit of OCD too, because I was doing a lot of behaviors to calm myself down. And I felt like I was going crazy. I was, I was, you know, I remember like I would count things in eights mm-hmm. um, in like, it, it sounds wacky now, like even saying it out loud, um, I would count in eights to calm myself down. I would, you know, pray frantically. I would say different things in my head or, or do different things to tell myself, like, if I do this behavior, nothing bad will happen. Really, like, I mean, it was definitely like OCD behavior. And I realized that in many ways, it was calming me down, quote unquote, like it was making my anxiety better. But really, all it was doing was giving me this sense of like, I'm in control. Mm-hmm. When really, no, I wasn't in control. I was, I was trying to f- hold the reins on something that felt totally out of control, if that makes sense. Yeah, totally. It was, um, so yeah, so in a nutshell, it was just to the point where it was taking over my life. And I, I started really going the holistic route. I was always afraid of taking medication. And so I started looking into everything from changing my nutrition um, and thinking about what I was putting in my body that was making me feel sick, which, which for the record to this day, you know, I'm all about that. I really do feel that, that what we eat, um, and how we treat our physical body can very much impact our health, our emotional health. Um, and, and it helped a little bit and meditation. I, I got really into meditation. I got really into, um, you know, hiking and nature and, And again, not one size fits all sort of thing, Mm -hmm. but I tried a lot of different things until finally around my late twenties, I remember going to a therapist and he says, you know, at the end of the day, you might just have a chemical imbalance, right? And it really might just be as simple as that because you've tried so many different things and you, and you've really gotten to this point where you're like, I don't know what else to do. Right. And, and I think some people jump straight to medi- medication in my point. I mean, it was really like my last resort Yeah. and I felt so ashamed and I felt, I felt scared because again, I was, I was afraid to put something in my body that would potentially, oh my God, is this going to change my personality? Am I going to, you know, all the, all the thoughts go through your head. Am I going to get sick? Um, and then I finally just thought, you know what? I really, really want to be. I want to be a better, you know, sister. I want to be a better daughter. I want to be a good wife one day. I want to be a good mom one day. Um, it was right around the time where I started dating my husband, my now husband. And I just thought, wow, like, I don't want him to have to go through all these roller coasters all the time with me as well. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try. I'm going to try medication. I'm going to give it a shot. And I am so, so grateful that it worked in many ways. Mm. It really did. And I didn't take a very big dose. I remember I started with, um, with Prozac and then I, I switched to Zoloft later on a few years later when we started trying to have a baby. Um, 
And I still say to this day that although it helped me tremendously, and although I feel so much better because of the medication that I'm on, it was not the end all be all. Hmm. And I equate so much of the tools that I have to cognitive behavioral therapy and to all of the other tools that I used in my tool belt, whether it was the meditation or the the food or the lifestyle or whatever. Um, Because to this day, I still have anxiety and I still have these thoughts that come up, but all those things are at my disposal to use now, Yeah, if that makes sense. Totally. You have a whole toolkit to to work the problem. Exactly. And there's no one tool that can fix the problem. And even just like fixing the problem is not necessarily the goal. It's managing. Exactly. And and living with, like embracing and living with the issue. A hundred percent. And like, and it, this, it is a chronic condition and it yeah. is something that I will most likely live with for the rest of my life. And I'm not, I'm no longer running from it. If that makes sense. Like I, I no longer say that this is the, the biggest, um, I don't know. It's it's a burden, right? On one hand, but on the other hand, when you, when, like I said, with the whole ocean analogy, now I'm learning how to swim in it and I'm mm-hmm. learning how to, how to use different, you know, whether it's like a floaty or a boat yeah. or, <laughs> or swimming a little bit and doing some laps in the pool or, you know, not feeling like I'm drowning all the time. Yeah. I, I can, I can live with it and say like, this is, this is part of my life. It's not my whole narrative, but it's part of me. Yeah. So if anxiety is the ocean, and yeah. like thinking of the planet Earth, you're not going to eliminate the ocean. You know what right. I mean? Like you're never going to get rid of the ocean, but you can learn how, first of all, you can learn how to float. So right. you can put some floaties on or whatever it is, like <laughs> get into a, a, an inner tube or something. Yeah, um, or a boat or whatever. Yeah, so first you're floating and then you have to learn how to move across the ocean. So you yeah. have to like kick your feet or maybe you get a boat. Maybe eventually you get a power boat. So you can like your life can <laughs> move forward. Maybe do a little jet ski. <laughs> yeah, but you're never gonna get rid yeah. of the ocean. You're gonna learn how to traverse exactly. the ocean. Exactly. And I think that for for people like us when we're younger and we first mm-hmm. have health trouble, and you know we've never had it before. It's like why is this happening to me? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't exist. I think that's the natural response. Yeah. And then you rebel against it and you, you want to run from it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You deny that it exists mm-hmm. and yeah, you try to run from it, um, but yeah. you can't run from it and you exactly. ca- it does exist. So exactly. The and, only- and the running from it makes you even more sick. Absolutely. I, I, Absolutely. I really, really yeah. believe that those things running from your fears, keeping those secrets inside or keeping the, you will get more sick. Absolutely. 100%. But if you, if you just stop, embrace it, recognize that it's real and yeah. then start working the problem from as many angles as you can, Yeah, you will make progress and you'll figure out ways to move forward in the best way possible. Because the goal is not to revert to how it was before. The goal is to be happy and yeah. to live a healthy, happy, productive life. Yeah. And there's always a best version of that for you individually, no matter what's going on. So 100%. I mean, trauma happens horrible things happen, health problems happen, and that can't be avoided. And it sucks and it's horrible. But right. learning how to live with it and work through it is a lifelong endeavor that can bring you a lot of joy, you know, yeah. and satisfaction. And look at and look at you right now. Like I just I see you and I go, 
man, like you're living with this chronic condition and you've made, you've created so much as a result of it. Like this podcast as an example and your art and your music and all the things that you do on the side as a result of that, like I've, I've made beautiful things because of my anxiety disorder. I've written poetry and music and, and painted, you know, uh, painted beautiful paintings because I think they're kind of beautiful, whatever, but you know, like that, uh, what's that Japanese um, vase thing that you you know what I'm talking about? Like the broken. Okay. So there's this like broken vase in Japan that they, it's like the symbolic vase that they say, you know, even if a vase breaks, you, you glue it back together and the light that shines through it is, is like the beauty in this broken vase. Right. Mm, even through the mm, cracks of this I broken love that. vase. Yeah. Right. I hope I'm saying that right. And I don't remember the word. Um, I'm sure you can Google yeah, it, but the beauty but and my broken point things. is, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like you, you could still see, you know, like I had a friend who I met who was paraplegic and through an accident. Right. And it was horrific what he yeah, went through absolutely. and he, yeah. And he started like this amazing um, nonprofit for paraplegics that do extreme sports. Wow. And like, and I'm like, holy cow, you know, this is, this is a guy that went through one of the worst things you could possibly ever experience in your life and is still taking that and creating something with it, you know? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. So I, I was just, you know, yeah. thinking about you and I'm like, yeah, look at you right now, you know, making the, making do right. Making best with what you have. Yeah. I'm pretty happy, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have an amazing girlfriend. I have a really yeah. great apartment. I love Seattle. The sun is yeah. out. Um, you know, yesterday, Andy and I went to Green Lake and I just started using a wheelchair recently. Yeah. I can still walk. It just sucks. You know, it's really hard. I can't walk very far. Right. Um, and that's been the case for years, years. And I've just been like, you know. You've this been is, inhibited by that. Yeah. I'm like, this is just how life is. It's just really hard to walk. I'm going to do my best with it. I'm going to use a cane. Never yeah. occurred to me to use a wheelchair. But <laughs> I started falling all the time. I'm like, okay, I got to do something else. And it finally occurred to me, like, why don't I try a wheelchair? Yeah. Um, and the day that I went to pick it up, I was like horrified. Um, why? I just had this horrible, sick feeling. It's like, oh my God, yeah. I'm going to be in a wheelchair today. Um, yeah. But a wheelchair is a tool, you know? Right. And right. as soon as I got in it and started rolling around, I'm like, this is kind of fun. And yeah. this is way better than walking for me, right. you know? like. Right. And yesterday, Andy and I went to Green Lake. It's a three-mile walk all around Green Lake in Seattle. And we did the entire thing. And she pushed me like half the way. And then I rolled myself the rest because I got to build up some muscles because oh, wow. like, yeah, it's yeah. actually pretty hard. Oh, um, for sure. If you don't have the I've muscles. I've people yeah. that are in wheelchairs. I mean, they have these like jacked arms. Yeah, totally. I want those abs. jacked arms. <laughs> yeah, the ab muscles. And yeah. I'm like, you're going to... Yeah, and we just had such a good time. Yeah. And yeah. I was able to go three miles... You know, and see beautiful things as exactly. a result. Right? I haven't been outside and moving that far in years. You know, oh like like a year and a half or two years ago, I had this like short bout where I was able to do some like jogging right. um, for like a block or two, and that was such a such a great thing. And then you know, exhilarating, yeah. Yeah, and then I got worse after that, and I'm just like waiting. When can I jog again? And I still hope to jog again someday. I'm still hoping sure. to get a diagnosis and treatment and that may be in the cards for me, but, um, but I'm still going to live my best life now. And if that means, totally. you know, wheeling around 
Like, who cares what other people think? I'm enjoying myself. A hundred percent. Like we had the best time yesterday and I just feel so happy. Fly by them and just be like, booyah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel so happy that I now have a a mobility option that I didn't have before. It's really great. You know, I, I, that sick feeling is completely gone and now I'm just excited. And now I think about like, I'd like to go out and get some exercise today because I can do this. I can, I can push myself in a wheelchair and get some exercise. Yeah. I haven't been able to exercise any cardio in forever. It's like, this and is this so is great. And this is all a domino effect, Jesse. Like what you're saying right now, right? That excitement to get out and to, to and to start your day off and say, I'm going to get some exercise today. I'm going to get some, you know, fresh air and vitamin D and, and yeah. pump my muscles and, you know, all these like build some endorphins and yeah. you're, that is a healing thing in and of itself. Absolutely. Like, it's, huge. Is, it's huge. Absolutely. That. I feel I feel better walking because of my wheelchair because right. I'm doing it less. And right. then when I do it, I feel stronger because I'm getting some exercise. Sure. You know, your and body... you're building these core muscles, right? Sure. Like that, yeah. that is going to help you with walking more probably. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent. I'm not a doctor, obviously. Well, no one here is a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> no just one like, here is a doctor. Ex- you know, exercise is just so important to being yeah. a, a happy, healthy human. So totally. finding a way to get it, no matter what adaptability you need to, to do, do it, yep. try things, you know, it's, it, I held myself back for so long and I'm so glad that I crossed, crossed through that because this right. has been really wonderful for me over the last couple of days and it's pretty exciting. And it's only been two days or three days or whatever, right? Yeah. I've, I've only, I've only used it. I've had it for like four days and I've gone yeah. out with it on two of those days. I could so yeah. see you like pimping out your wheelchair oh, yeah. and just like, and like putting like amazing, like lights around the wheel, <laughs> and, like painting the side. I could see you doing just that. Dress it sure. up like the Starship oh, Enterprise or something. Just be like, <laughs> like having a cape flow behind the wheelchair. Like I a hundred percent can see you do that. Yeah. I want to get like a nice one. Cause I got the free one through yeah. insurance and oh, gotcha. it's so like, like really, a- you know, it's basic. It's very basic. It's actually like, kind of hard to use. Oh <laughs> not yeah, a basic you're good. Bitch, no, no, you're not a basic bitch. Like, um, you're gonna you're gonna get yeah. a, an amazing, awesome looking one. Yeah, it's great for now. So I can like, you know, a- as we're doing some diagnostics to see if you know there's anything else we can do. It's it's a great yeah. start. But anyway, um, okay. So you you got on these medications and they helped. Yeah. What what sort of diet things specifically did you try that made a difference for you? So, I mean, a bunch of stuff. I would just say a lot of anti-inflammatory um, things. So, for example, cutting out a lot of dairy, cutting out dairy in general for mm. me personally. Again, yeah. I love cheese. Like, I have a very, <laughs> I have like a romantic relationship with cheese. So, no, <laughs> no offense against any cheese lovers, but um, for me, it was an inflammatory thing, and it did kind of weigh me down. Um, same with um, some gluten, you know, like I tried to cut a lot of that out, um, tried to cut out a lot of sugar, right? Yeah. So like no soda and just no processed sugars. Um, I just tried to eat more, more healthy stuff, like more, more raw. Um, I was still, I mean, I was still eating proteins, right? And, but, but I was just kind of thinking like, what, what would our, you know, what would our ancestors do if they could, um if they had, you know, that basic kind of more basic diet. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say, I would say that kind of stuff for nutrition. If, yeah. If, yeah. And, and I still do that in some, you know, in many, many ways. I mean, of course I enjoy like ice cream once in a while and, but, um, but yeah, like my sweet thing might be like, honey and a 
or I don't know, something more natural. Right. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, I know I just completely, <laughs> no, that's, great. Like, that's perfect. Yeah. I was just thinking about ice cream to be honest. I was yeah, like, now I you just want ice cream. Ice cream. Yeah, exactly. Um, nice. And then yeah. you mentioned, um, behavioral therapy. What, what exact type of therapist did you work with and how would someone like, what, what would someone look for if they're looking for a therapist? Oh man, there's so many different types of therapy. So many different types. My, the ones that worked for me, like I said, was cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I had, um, I know somebody that really, really loved, um, um, I think it's called EM. I'm trying to remember EMDR. Ugh, I have to look it up, but it's like more of a, they send like electronic waves to you that um like for trauma huh. Ugh, i have to look this up um well this is let's pause for a second e. let's pause and yeah. look it up because i think this is good info yeah yeah hold on let me we'll look. be right back and we're back yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> so it's called um it is called emdr and um so i have um it's i mean it's basically like people that go through emotional distress and trauma and um, it works with them. Um, whereas with me, a lot of it was for, for, for CB uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. Like for me, it was really working on invading thoughts and reframing thoughts. And um, I also did this really cool thing when I was um, living abroad, I did this thing called somatic experience therapy, hmm. which was really rad um, and I only did it a few times, but I thought it was amazing because it, it focuses kind of on where you store in your physical body, where you store your anxiety or tension and kind of working through it, um, through your body, if that makes sense. So that's why it's somatic being like, you know, from the, the feet that, you know, feeling, physique, yeah. right. Um, so that one was really cool, but I, I kind of dabbled in a bunch of different therapies. And I think that, you know, really, again, one size doesn't fit all. And I yeah. think that for, for everybody's particular, um, you know, needs, it could be different, but I think therapy is great. I think talking is great. Um, and, and I would recommend it to anybody. I mean, like whether or not you're going through something chronic or not, just even, yeah, I mean, I've done couples counseling and you name it. Like, I, I, th- I think therapy is great. Yeah. Andy and I have a, a couples therapist together. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which has been really great. I mean, Andy and it's I went through awesome. a, a really hard time towards the end of living in our last house because like the, the stairs was really hard and like right. her seeing me in pain all the time was really hard. And um, yeah, we've, you know, we started seeing a, a therapist together and it really helped. And like now we're getting along better than we ever have. I honestly, if, if it weren't for couples therapy, I really feel like my husband and I wouldn't be together today. And we are so much better because of it. Like we've learned so much about communication and, and love language and, and just, you know, I don't know, like what our, our needs, how to treat one another. And it's, we went through a lot, a lot of ups and downs, especially with dealing with like infertility and all kinds of stuff like that. I, I think couples counseling is great. Yeah. It's, totally. it's great. Cause yeah. You mentioned, all- um, cognitive like reframing. Um, yeah. Can you, I love this type of thing. So can you give us yeah. a, an example of an exercise you did or a reframing that worked for you? 
know, it's hard. It's hard for me to, to think about something like off, off the bat. But what I would say is, is what I mean by reframing is, is maybe just removing, removing like a, a victimhood over, over what you're going through Mm. and recognizing recognizing it as an outsider, almost seeing, you know, like, Mm. like I was saying earlier, seeing that you did go through something you did, you know, you were, you, you did go through this experience of fill in the blank, or you are going through fill in the blank. And I guess trying to reframe the narrative and saying that you're taking control, right? Like you're, you're taking initiative to do something with that to create something with that or to move forward in, you know, X, Y, Z type way. Yeah. Um, and maybe not seeing yourself as, as a victim, but as a, as a person that's going through something and, you know, with that whole river analogy, like you're, you're moving through it and there's going to be waves of ups and downs and good days and bad days. And, and, and how can you see this as a, as, um, I guess, yeah, I, I guess taking taking the reins on your own life rather yeah. than seeing your experience as taking it, taking control over you. Yeah. I hope I'm making sense. It I does don't know. make sense. Yeah. I've, I mean, I've had, you know, experiences with depression and anxiety and yeah. they're like some, when I, when my body flares up with this mystery illness, right. sometimes it comes with some emotional components like other times it doesn't but sometimes it'll be like out of nowhere i just feel horribly depressed and it's not attached to anything it's kind of like what you were saying about your anxiety where it just it started to be about everything it's like your brain has these anxious pathways that get kind of locked in place these neurons are so used to going through (laughs) down the same street they're like oh i've been here before this is the avenue i go down every time right yeah so it goes down that street for no reason Exactly. Um, but you can try to program an off ramp, you know? Yeah. So, like yes. finding something that works for you to get that brain out. Um, for me, it's, you know, distraction is really helpful, right. like, right. Uh, you know, playing a video game or watching a movie or something. Um, and also recognizing, you know, I, you know, I still don't know. I wish I had the words to say what I have and like what's going on. But, um, but I was seeing this naturopath for a while who, I was really into it first. And then towards the end, I started to not believe anything he told me. And I'm still kind of <laughs> like, still kind of wrestling with that. But right, at one point right. he told me that uh, he thought that I had a system of bacterial, parasitic, fungal infections. He thought my body was just like overrun by stuff. We okay. now don't think that that's the case. Um, I went through his treatment for over a year and a half and he told me it would take nine months and it didn't work. So I oh no longer gosh. believe that that's what is happening in my body. But he did tell me something that really changed the way I think about my anxiety and was really good for me, um, which was that, you know, some bacteria can, I'm not saying this is true. He said like some bacteria, it might be true. I don't know. He's saying some bacteria can cause anxiety or depression. And if you like- Oh, I've heard this too. It's it's called the brain gut. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I I don't know Uh, if this is a thing or not, but- Your your gut is very much linked to your brain and the serotonin Mm. levels can- you know, be altered based on the stuff that's going in in your tummy. It's true. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, he was telling me basically that like, you know, if you have the wrong bacteria in your gut, you can have 
a depressive episode. Yes, yes. And for me, that like kind of was this light bulb of like, oh my goodness, like sometimes I'm depressed for reasons that are out of my control, things that are, you know, in my body that aren't my fault, that I had right. nothing to do with. Right. But I still have control over how I react to it. And, you know, I, it's like, it's not all in my head, you know, that's yes. not a thing, but you can use your head to improve how you feel by creating an off-ramp. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. That is, I, I want, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold on to what you just said. I love that. And I, it, it kind of, um, you know, while you were talking, I was thinking about my, um, my good friend who's, who's, she is a therapist actually. And she was saying, you know, what if you, you know, just recognize this blaring fear or this, you know, like you, you were saying de the depression or anxiety that you're going through. And what if you take it, what if you take it to a different, like you, the neuron pathways, right? What if you take a left instead of a right? And mm -hmm. you say, how many times does this actually happen that this you know the fruition of this bad thing right yeah. like the it's like a, it really 99% of the time nothing bad happens but you're focusing on that 1% of the time and so it's almost like yeah it's it's taking back control in a way and saying okay yeah i am experiencing this but like how am i going to react to it how am right. i going to how am i going to you know say yeah, take I guess take a left instead of a right or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, I love that. I love what that what your doctor or I don't know if he was a doctor, what you're you were saying. <laughs> you're yeah. like, actually he was kind of a <laughs> just some guy yeah. that I found in a tent. You know, if he had just approached things with like, I don't know what's wrong with you, but here's something we can try, yeah. It would yeah. have been a completely different experience for me because he approached it as this um, is like dogma. This is what's wrong with you and I'm right. going to fix it. And then when it didn't work, it really, I really spun out about it. Cause I, that's, that's yeah. the crappy part. Yeah. yeah. When they're, it's like a hundred percent, this is what you have. And then, but it's not. And then you have this crash of, but I thought that I had an answer. Right. And especially for somebody like you who doesn't have, you know, a diagnosis or, or something, you know, like a word to just go right. by and to say, Hey, this is what I have and here's how to get treated. Like that's what an infuriating, scary thing. Yeah. You know, so, I'm so used to it. I've lived in it for so oh long gosh. that I, I don't even, I don't even know how to feel about it. I just kind of accept it, you know? Like if I'm I ever got a name, it would be so mind blowing. It, but I've thought right. I've had it a couple of times, like when I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia or Lyme disease right. or, you know, this like, I remember when you mentioned the Lyme disease to me for like, sure. I thought I've had it a few times. Yeah. So even if I get it now, I don't know if I'm going to believe it. You don't even know if you're going to, yeah. You're like, yeah. well, is that really it? Yeah. But if I get a genetic test and they find a genetic defect, which is something we're looking at right now. Right. Um, then I will believe it because I do trust in science For and, sure. you know, medical science is tough because we, we know less than we know. <laughs> like we, know, we, we think we know everything and you know, right. we absolutely do not, like Nothing. we know a lot, but that's a very small portion of what there is to know about the body. Right. Um, there's so much we don't know about there's the body, so much. vastly it's more than what we do know. So, 100%. It is a deep, deep, dark yeah, ocean of, of stuff that we don't know. Complicated um, by everybody brain. being different. You know, oh, every single sure. body on the planet is different. For sure. For sure. And yeah, the I brain, mean, like, totally. The 100%. Like, I always, 
I'm always so fascinated. I know we're off topic for a second, but like just about dreams and, and, yeah. you know, your subconscious and imagination. And I mean, scientists don't really truly know where this stuff comes from, right? No. Like you, it's Not just like all. this, this gray mass inside of your skull that has so, uh, so many mysteries and like, Oh, I, it's just fascinating to me. I yeah. could go off on it. Like, we don't even know what consciousness is. Yeah. You know? Like, like think about what we don't know. We don't know. We don't know anything about why things are alive and then die. Like we know yeah. that it happens. We know yeah. a lot about the process, but you know, this is where religion comes in is because like, it's right. trying to answer the you unanswerable questions. Exactly. Um, and you I, want the answers. I become very comfortable in not knowing things, you know? Um, Absolutely. So I actually, you know, I'm not a religious person. I enjoy the not knowing of it all as far as like, why do we exist? I think there's beauty in not the knowing. questions and the, yeah, yeah. the mystery. Yeah. I actually agree with you fully. I think that having all of the answers is comforting in some ways, but I think the mystery in it is so much more beautiful and exciting. Yeah. And it kind of, it leaves space for so much more, I don't know, wondering and questioning and, and, and space for curiosity and for discovery right. of, of, of spirituality and of, of science and all of those things. Like I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm like, yeah. I, it's exciting. And what, what bums me out is when people tell you that they have the answers right? Uh, because of their personal belief um, and then trying to impose that on everyone else. Right. And, you know, that's just not that simple. Um, no. So, I don't know. It's like, it's good to have, it's really good to have ideas about how things work or have like a gut intuition about how things work, but it can be so dangerous to have beliefs. I just think about Kevin Smith's movie, Dogma, you know? Uh, I, I, I love that movie. I love that movie. I it's love great. I love it. Yeah. And it's so good. How they talk about the difference between ideas and belief. And when you, yeah. tr when you travel into belief, you put yourself in a box where you're mm -hmm. telling yourself a story that you probably didn't come up with and mm -hmm. giving it power over your life. Um, to say that it is the ultimate. And I'm right. not just talking about religion here. And I absolutely, you know, I have people close to me who are very religious and I totally respect their beliefs. Yeah. And, you know, no, in science, yeah. it happens too. Like, think absolutely. about how many, yeah. think about how many things you look back on and you're like, oh my gosh, like people actually believed that 50 years ago or 10 years ago. And yeah. then studies suddenly come out and you're like, oh shit, that could kill you. Never mind. Don't take yeah. that. <laughs> and it's so dangerous because of things, you know, like fad diets come out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's sure. jumping on board. And right. I've tried them all too, you know, because yeah. <laughs> everyone's looking for ways I'm to be. I'm just going to eat red meat morning, yeah. <laughs> afternoon, and night, and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, um, all the time. Yeah, like things that you know have massive effects on your body, and you yeah. know, like I, I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. I did a year of antibiotics. I now have an ear infection, and we're having a really hard time treating it because it seems to be resistant to antibiotics. And it's like, well, that sucks. You know, like this is a new problem that I now yeah. have <laughs> that I didn't, yeah. that, you know, and I, I, I really liked the doctor who thought I had Lyme disease and it, I'm glad we went down that road. It's, it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. And now that we know it's not the right thing, it's, it's like, that's okay. We tried it. But all of these things can be so dangerous and have lasting effects. Totally. And going on a, an extreme diet can do the same. Um, oh, totally. Yeah. I think that like having that 100% of like, this is the answer to anything, yeah. right? Fill in the blank, whether it's nutrition or 
um, you know, science or religion or anything. It just, we, there's so much that we don't know. And so I feel like if you could just like take a step back and, and humble yourself with that in and of itself, there's some, I don't know, there's some, I don't know if the word is comfort in that, but, um, yeah, I don't, I guess it it just, it humbles you to know that, that like, maybe we don't have all the answers, but there is, there is a lot that we could do with our own mind. And I think that going back, I guess, circling back to this original, you know, topic of whether it's anxiety disorder or any other chronic illness that somebody's going through is just trying to take a different pathway for yourself and, and like explore different routes, explore different options, give yourself the opportunity to reframe your life, reframe your, your sense of reality, right? Like we were just talking about like, what is reality? And like, what, (laughs) what if you have, I don't know if you ever felt that way, like where you had this reality shift, right? Like Mm -hmm. where suddenly you're just like outside of your box, like what an incredible feeling to just be like, oh, like it's a liberating feeling to take yourself outside of this narrative that you've been telling yourself, right? Yeah. And, you know, we need narratives to form our personalities. Like you, right. you can't just exist in a vacuum where you become your ideal self. That's not a thing. Like you, yeah. your parents teach you so much, the society teaches you so much. Um, and that's why it's yeah. so important to examine our society and like the, the systems of oppression that exist within it that mm-hmm. are causing trauma to so many people uh, or even, you- even death to so many people. Like that's, it's just such a tragedy that this is happening, but I think our society is waking up to that in a way that is so important. And the same is true of every individual life. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. like, if you um, if you grow up your whole life being told that being gay is a sin, right. and you're just miserable, and you have these feelings that you don't know what to do with, and then you find out 30 years down the line that you're gay, and then yeah. you're happy, you know? And then you can find right. love and and be gay, and that's great. And I'm, you know, I'm, obviously dating a woman, but I've had sexual experience with men and I yeah. I don't, I identify as individual sexual, which is something that I made up, which means that <laughs> I just like certain individuals. It's usually- So isn't that like po- uh, polyamorous? No, 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 that's more- um, That's many pan, Pansexual, pansexual, right? When you, when when you, you can be attracted, you're attracted to, to the uh, person cookware. itself. <laughs> <laughs> when you- <laughs> love that teflon uh, um no what well, isn't it isn't it like pansexual or i think that like, implies that you're attracted to everything to, okay so what and is everyone <laughs> i i was i was implying that like you don't have to be attracted to that particular gender sure but you're attracted to the person the yeah. person is the thing that gets you not the not the body right yeah sure Isn't and i that- <laughs> i guess that's that i just made up a, a word for it that feels more accurate right. for me but you're um, but so like you while i'm with andy i'm andy sexual you know what right. i mean yeah and you like inanimate objects like pants like pants <laughs> exactly obviously that's the point i'm trying to make <laughs> that's a hot pan <laughs> this is weird. that is a hot um, pan yeah and oh you know when i was a kid society told me that it was wrong to be attracted to men so right. i ignored those feelings right i still had them sometimes but i'm like well that's wrong and not and i don't feel that way and so it you, took me years to to let go of that and like i don't yeah. feel the need to be with a man i'm very happy with 
my relationship with Andy, with Andy yeah. I'd say like most of my sexual experience has been with women, but opening it up to allow anyone that I'm attracted to in took that made me happier. Off. It made me yeah. happier. It made me feel better in my own skin. It made me feel feel like I could finally com really commit to someone because I understood who I was. Right. And and you didn't have any of those questions anymore. Exactly. You're like, yeah, I've been there. I've yeah. done that. And I and I really love this person. And exactly. One of the hardest things to live with is the question, who am I? That's one of the hardest things to not have an answer to. So anything you can do to, to answer that question for yourself is going to make you happier, I think. So getting out there and trying stuff is really important, you know? Yeah. Like try yeah. things out, see what feels right. If you try something and it doesn't feel right, great. That's you know okay. that it doesn't feel good. Yep. That's, um, but, I mean, my yeah. motto is like, if it's not hurting anybody and you're just doing, you know, you're making yourself happy and yeah. you're not hurting anyone along the way, then hell yeah. Like why, yeah. why not? Yeah, it's, and a, it's scary that we live in this culture where people are condemning people for living lifestyles that aren't theirs. Yeah. That's terrifying. I never understood that. It's terrifying. I never yeah. understood that. And I still like, yeah, I don't, I just don't get it. The the whole like you should, the the should, the should right. culture, right? Like, right. And I, I, yeah, I mean, I feel, I feel like it's okay to believe any of the things that you want to believe. I think it's when, when it imposes on other people's lives and you say right. like it's you cannot do this right. because I don't believe you should do it. Well then that's that's just not cool. And I yeah. uh, I agree and, with that. And everyone's line is different, you know. Totally. Like, ev everyone's line in the sand. Like my line in the sand is like I do not accept sexism, racism, transphobia, homophobia. Like if you if you hate other people because they're living their lives and it doesn't affect it's, you, yeah. I don't accept that. And yeah. that's my line in the sand. But there's other people, their line in the sand is like, if you accept those things, I hate you. Totally. And it's like, totally. people are just different, you know? Like, Very different. <laughs> some people like pans, some people like, <laughs> you know, some people like cups and, and yeah, no, I get you though. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I do wonder though, what you were back to what you were saying about like, um, being told X, Y, Z about, you know, sexuality growing up. Um, if you still have, have a little twinge of that you know, I guess trauma, if you want to call it that, or, or shame or fear or whatever, or, or do you really feel like you've really worked through that completely? Like what, I don't know. What's that like for you? Well, I, it's different for me because I've had some sexual experiences with men. I'm very open about that, but yeah. like I live a, a straight white man's life, you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm dating a woman and I, um, yeah. So I, I don't run into the societal pushback. So mm. I haven't had to like build up barriers that other people have. And it, I, I mean, it even came up on like, on a date I went on with a man who's just like, I don't think that you're like, I don't think that you really understand what it means to be gay. And I don't, you know, like I, yeah. I'm not claiming to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm Jewish and I have dealt with um, societal pushback from that. I'm sure you yeah. have as well. Oh, for sure. I still yeah. remember, I mean, going back to our freshman year of college, there was a, there was a guy who legitimately like was asking me if I had horns <laughs> and I was like, you're joking. Right. Um, but no, he grew up in like a really small sort of, you know, kind of podunk town that did not have any Jews in them. And he was told that like Jews had horns and yeah. it was, a you know, they're, they're, you know, so, and it's, it baffles you, but at the same time, it also gives you this space to, you know, to educate people and, 
it's ignorance at the end of the yeah. day, right? Like and sometimes yeah. people say things that are ignorant and you're like, all right, well, let me, let me tell you this. I actually, I do not have horns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, the reason I bring up being Jewish is not to equate it to anything else, but just to say that I have experienced prejudice against me yeah. for who I am and who, who I was for born. Sure. For sure. And it never feels good. It, no. And it's no. scary because like sometimes violence is enacted against people for who they were born for no reason. 100%. And like that is a, that is like a chronic health issue of humanity that needs to be worked on. And like, I could not I, agree more. I, I, I see it as very, very frightening and sad that like, even, you know, I worked at a Jewish day school in the past and every day I went to work and I had in the back of my head, like, there's someone out there that really, really hates Jews and that could potentially yeah. come into our school and shoot it up. Yeah. And that's terrifying and so, so sad that that would cross my mind. Yeah. You know, as I go and teach kids every day, like just because of this, you know, religious label. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know how we got here, but I have no, I was just going to say, I'm like, stuff. we just went. <laughs> so yeah. far off topic it's all right i like Wait, it but i love I it love no, tangents no, no. i always say it i do too i was like i was yeah no i i was just asking about the whole trauma thing because i started yeah my mind started spiraling too i was like thinking back on um what's that thing like cellular memory do you do you know anything about that not really no so well because we were talking about trauma from childhood and like, you know, how much you carry it with you, even when you move past it, or you think you move past it. And, and then I was started, I started to think about like cellular memory and this, I don't know if you read any studies recently, but like, there's this idea that like trauma is carried ancestrally too. Hmm. And that, and that you can actually receive trauma or, or, um, you know, more, I guess, emotional sort of pain and fear and whatever through your relatives, through your ancestors. Yeah. We did a lot on um, Holocaust survivor families, like children of Holocaust survivors or grandchildren of Holocaust survivors and, and other different groups that have experienced trauma. And so I just find that also like super interesting because it's like, you think that you are this own entity of, you know, like you were born in this time and in this space and you're going through this stuff as in your life, but then you're like, oh my God, but there's so much that has come before me hmm. that we've carried with us through time. And I, I always wonder about that. I don't know. I, I'm totally going off on a tangent, but I, I just, I find that also so, so fascinating because there's like, there's only so much that we, we know about our bodies and our brains. Yeah. And a lot of it could stem back from, from our past. Yeah, Before so we basically you're saying that like our cells might have some sort of sense memory or trauma memory from totally. things that happened to our ancestors, the, the cells that we are born into. And I know I that really, like every yeah. seven years, your body like replaces all of its cells. So you're basically yeah, but, like a different person, but you're still like what you're born with is still going to impact you moving forward throughout your life that's a really interesting theory and yeah, you know what like i love about it genetics right like mm, it's yeah. it, you have it in you you're it's it's in your genetics and whether or not you get it it's it's triggered by something right like something could trigger it out of you but like i think about it all the time as somebody that was um like a, a grandchild of a holocaust survivor or holocaust survivors and i'm like how much of that did i 
receive or did I receive any of it? Was it through just verbal narratives that I heard growing up or was, was there actually something passed on that made me an anxious person or, Mm. or that like gave me this fight or flight type, you know, feeling inside me all the time. Like, I don't know. I mean, it could be a lot of different things, right? Like, um, yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, I just think about the history of slavery in this country and how, you know, there's definitely a societal memory and right. like, there's this very, you know, things that you've been ro- told. There is and- robust racism in this country that right. is is amplifying trauma for the entire right. Black community. But if there's like a cellular memory on top of that, that's yes. that's really interesting. That- and that's something like we we may never find out in our lifetimes. Like science may not have be I able to prove that. I think it's stuff that. that's only now being studied, right? Mm. Like what you were saying before about about slavery there's the there's the you know the stories that we're told and the books that we read about it and the you know the the from generation to generation you're being you know told this is what your grandfather went through and this is whatever but then there's also that that scientific piece of like what if all of the stuff that your great grandfather or whatever went through transferred down to you and because of that you have you know more more the the epigenetics again like more mm. of that potential to be uh you know to go through depression or anxiety or whatever else interesting yeah. i don't know like I, i'm i i'm still reading up about it right now but i just thought i would like add it in because sometimes we don't know why we are the way that we are yeah. right like it, it's not there's not always that answer like this happened to me when i was a kid or you know my chemistry is imbalanced or like there could be so many different reasons, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's so interesting. Well, we've covered so much good stuff. I feel I'm so grateful for you for sharing your your experiences with learning to integrate your anxiety into your life and how you've come out the other side being happier and healthier. Yeah. Um, is there any any final thoughts you have for anyone out there going through something similar? Oh man. Yeah. I would just say I still have anxiety disorder and I'm okay with saying that. And I'm, um, you know, it's like, it's like people that are, you know, that were going through Alcoholics Anonymous, like they are still alcoholics, even Mm -hmm. when they haven't had a drink for 20 years. Yeah. And so I still know that I have this, this potential and that I, I go through this stuff every day. I have thoughts that come into my head and that are invasive. And I would just say, that learning those tools for yourself, whatever they may be, um, you know, go explore, go try different things, go give yourself the opportunity to dabble in, you know, you name it, therapy or nutrition or meditation or music or nature or whatever makes you happy. But don't think that you're alone and don't think that there isn't help because there are so many different um, avenues that you could take to help yourself reframe your narrative. And I would, I would just leave it at that. Like, you know, you're not alone at all. There's so many people out there that are going through something. And the, the moment you speak up, you will hear a lot of me too's, right? Like a lot Mm -hmm. of I'm going through that as well. And let's support each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I I would just say, thank you for having me. And I'm glad. Thank you so much for being here. here. I, I know that sometimes people speak up and are met with, um, derision or, you know, people pushing them away, and that's such a tragedy. And yeah. I, I feel for those people. I've I've talked to some people who like don't have familiar familial support, right, or or support from friends over what they're going through, 
And to those people, I'm telling you, you know, we'll be th- your support. Yeah, I'm here. That, that's what this <laughs> podcast is for, yeah. is for you to hear other people going through exactly. it and coming out the other side so that you can know that you can make it and you can find your community. Just keep looking. I know it sucks. I know it's it hard, does. but you it can does. find community. Yes. And if you want to write to me and share anything with the listeners of the podcast, I'm 100% open to that to help other people feel heard for sure. Uh-huh. And I'm I'm just I want to reiterate like I I'm so so happy that you are doing this podcast oh, right now because that. this is going to for sure help somebody. And, it's helping me, more, you know. Uh, it's it's helping me, it's helping you, but it's, I'm 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 putting it, you know, I'm, I'm saying right now, like you are going to, um, there's somebody get, that's going to be listening right now and going, yeah, okay. Um, this today, <laughs> today is the day I yeah, get, you like, know, I, I guess get I'm myself some- attracted to pans. <laughs> 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 that's me, yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. Um, somebody's going to, um, somebody's going to use this and get support and it's going to be great. I hope and they're so. Gonna, they're yeah. going to live a better life because of it. So we are unqualified, but we're here. Anyway, (laughs) I am a professional unprofessional. You are a professional person who lives with anxiety disorder. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I'm a a human. Yeah. Professional humans here. Human. Yes. Talking to a professional is so important, but hearing from people who have talked to professionals and gone through it and learned what worked for them is is a resource that doesn't exist you know yes or if it does i I don't know how to find it so i'm making it and here it is (laughs) it exists this podcast but also there's so much support out there where there's camaraderie with people that are going through the most bizarre things yeah you think you're alone you're not alone you're just not right you just haven't found your people yet yes and they're out there exactly the world is large your people exist yeah there's so many weirdos out there so many weirdos because like I'm and one of those weirdos that's like, where's my people? But I, the older I get, the more of my people I find. And you're one of them, y'all. I'm so glad that oh, we're still I'm in such touch. a proud weirdo friend of yours. Yeah. <laughs> so much. Well, thank you right. so much for coming on the thank show, Yael. It's it's Thanks, been Jesse. an amazing conversation. I really appreciate you. I have all the love for you and respect, and I, I really appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com.